and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, and all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 54th episode of the podcast for the week of May 27th, 2019. So let's break it down a bit. Here's what to expect. The goal is to help guide and prepare you for the utmost awareness of the energy in the moment. For if you use the energy consciously, it has a better chance of working for you. I'll kick off the show with a weekly astro report, along with a few tarot polls and our animal ambassador of the week. Then a guest will join me in conversation around a chosen topic. And this week, I'm so happy to welcome back one of my all-time besties and the creator of the Psychic Rehab podcast, Rachel Michelle Fernandez, uh, where we will have a discussion on the issue of mental health. So before we get started here, please remember, as always, take what resonates and leave the rest, because only you know you best. So thank you so much for joining me here today, and if you'd like to show appreciation for my work and get early Sunday access for as little as $1 per month, you can do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. You can also make a one-time donation to help support the podcast over at my tip jar, which you can find at energeticprinciples.com. So let's get down to this week's astro report. Our lunar lady is waning down this month's lunar cycle as we journey along towards the darkest, most introspective phase of the cycle, with us starting out the week in the psychically sensitive waters of Pisces, before we move into the initiatory fires of Aries on Tuesday. We will hang out amidst the emotional flames during the middle of the week until she glides into the stable earth of Taurus late Thursday evening, uh, Friday early morning for some. And then we will continue to connect with this quiet stillness as Luna moves through Taurus, but then she's going to uh, journey into the idea-oriented Gemini on Sunday, and where she will actually head to make uh, her new moon conjunction super early in the morning on Monday. So just a quick heads up, all time approximations are for North America. So if you live in Europe, add about eight hours. And if you are in Australia or the East, add about 17 hours or basically the following day. And keep in mind that timing isn't always precise as astrological transits, otherwise known as the connections that planets make to one another, have varied emphasis as they apply and separate. So it's quite possible to feel the energy sooner or later than the exact moment of contact. And so, all right, my friends, well, you know, Gemini season is getting further activated here as Mercury squares off with illusory Neptune, while also simultaneously opposing growth-oriented Jupiter, and which is igniting this year's Jupiter-Neptune square. We also have Venus making a trine to both Saturn and Pluto, and also making a sextile to Neptune. Uh, So she is picking up where she left off with those squares only weeks ago. So let's not waste any time and dive right in. On Monday, we start out the week with the moon in Pisces, and throughout that 24-hour period, she will square Mercury, sextile Venus, conjunct Neptune, sextile Saturn, square Jupiter, sextile Pluto, 
Needless to say, uh, Luna is getting around on Monday. Uh, It is also Memorial Day here in the U.S., uh, so it is a holiday for some folks over um, uh, in North America. And we don't have any aspects perfecting that day, so the bottom line for Monday is is that we have a, a holy moon day ahead of us with all this action going on as Luna flows through Pisces and makes a slew of transits. So this can actually feel like many days in one where, you know, different energies are permeating throughout the day. And there's likely to be a bit of floating or drifting-like vibe with that conjunction to Neptune, especially around midday. And so we may be in a dreamy state of mind where we're just daydreaming. Um, And as this is Memorial Day in the U.S., it could be actually nice to kick back, uh, especially with that square to Jupiter and Sagittarius, uh, because we may be looking for a good time. Um, and it could be activating travel for a lot of people, including myself, who I will be coming from uh, home from Norwalk that day from Seattle. So I hope for safe travels. <laughs> All right. So Tuesday, we have the moon in Pisces, but she will move to Aries uh, around mid-morning here on the Pacific coast. And we don't have any uh, exact aspects happening uh, this day. Probably because she <laughs> blew her load the day before. Um, but the bottom line for Tuesday is, is that we are still floating through Pisces for the first half of the day, and then inspiration hits whatever we were dreaming up about once Luna moves into Aries. Um, now, however, with the lack of aspects, we can kind of think of this as an intermittent day where we are feeling our way through life and where our independent initiative can help guide the way uh, internally. And so this is definitely a good day to pick the low-hanging fruit. Now, on Wednesday, the moon is uh, blazing along in Aries there, and we'll make a sextile to the sun and a square to Mars, most likely while we sleep here in the U.S. Um, and so a couple things are happening. Um, we have Mercury that's squaring Neptune on Wednesday, but we also have Mercury opposing Jupiter, uh, who is retrograde here, um, on Thursday. And so I'm going to lump these two together because since Mercury's, you know, activating them both, we can consider midweek, uh, basically basically Wednesday through uh, Friday here to be uh, mercurially active. (laughs) Say that three times fast. So, all right. So, Mercury. We know Mercury is that, you know, information function, the intellect, the uh, communication, news, uh, transacting, perceptions, learning, you know, all these types of things. And we are in Gemini season, so keep in mind Mercury being in Gemini and having the sun there as well, we we have kind of a Mercury on steroids a little bit. Um, And so making that square to Neptune, you know, squares are going to give us action. There's going to be some friction, some events, um, you know, it's, it's highlighted more there. And so when Neptune comes around, we might be looking at things that may be a little hazy or a little confusing or uh, the boundaries are blurred or we're spiritually inspired in some way or we're kind of looking through a soft and, and diffused type of glow. Um, but Mercury is also making an opposition to Jupiter, which is actually going to perfect on Thursday evening. But I'm going to put these two together because I think we're going to be feeling this in as a, a kind of a synthesized type of energy. And so uh, now oppositions, oppositions are more about, um, you know, you could be in a tug of war between things where you're playing on both sides and there's kind of an opposing force going on um, or we're uh, pitted with a choice or a decision. Maybe that was put from outside of us because a lot of times this oppositions can, in, um, can bring about uh, situations with other people. 
Um, and of course, when we're looking to Jupiter, we are looking to expand our world and to grow in some way and to move or to understand even philosophically, even if it's a movement within our own perceptions and beliefs in life. And so, okay, so these are happening at the same time here. And I will say that Venus is going to sextile Neptune the following morning, which I'll get to here in a second. So basically, Mercury has its own thing going on, and so does Venus, but they are cross-pollinating a little bit here. So to cover all bases, we have to take into account that this is uh, that this mercurial influence is triggering Neptune on Wednesday and Jupiter on Thursday, like I said. And within such close proximity to one another, of course, we have to put these together. So in essence, what is really happening here is that Mercury, now in Gemini, is triggering that Jupiter-Neptune square that is happening this year. And so, um, and our messenger will be the first to cross over this point. And so our upcoming new moon will trigger this configuration and the sun uh, and eventually Venus will follow suit. But for now, we receive information or our minds are lit up around the perplexing question of where to grow, how much, and towards what. And so our minds are in a state of transition as we weigh new evidence that has come to light. And all may not be in with some, you know, some of that foggy confusion creating a little bit of a haze from which we are trying to navigate the possibilities that are before us. Um, And so, you know, that's where that spiritual representation can come in. And so it's also possible that we get insights out of thin air or from behind that, you know, proverbial veil uh, that are helping to birth these new um, uh, understandings. And so maybe we are making mental peace or letting something go, or perhaps we are journeying away from a place we have been in the name of expanding our horizons, or we're embracing the idea of a big dream. Um, and, you know, all these types of things can come up at this time. But on a super mundane level, our motor skills may lessen while we try to take on more uh, because, you know, all these planets are actually speaking from uh, points of domicile, which is kind of rare here. Uh, (laughs) So they all have their own thing going on, but when they get together, you know, especially any type of Neptune and Mercury being kind of that more uh, dexterity uh, and tactile skills, we might be feeling uh, a bit like of a slushy type of period where we're kind of, you know, we just don't have it as together as we normally do. Yet there's likely to be information that comes in that adjusts or at the very least questions our perspective and where the story, uh, in particular our story, will continue to build. So I think this is a very going to be a very informative week in many ways. Now, so the bottom line for Wednesday is that activity is in the air as the day is started under Luna's energized square to Mars. Uh, and then the Mercury transits are activated that I just spoke of. So it's possible to have some feathers rough in the process, um, maybe earlier on the day with that Mars energy. But since we are in an introspective phase of the moon, there can be inner sparks of inspiration or intuitive impulses that are surging through at this time. So finding time to connect and focus on the self may actually prove to be quite rewarding on a day like today. So take that me time. <laughs> All right, so Thursday, the moon is in Aries, but we'll move to Taurus uh, around about quarter to 10 p.m. here on the Pacific Coast. So for unless you live on the West Coast, you know, For the most part, it'll be all Aries. Um, But along the way, uh, she'll sextile Mercury, square Saturn, trine Jupiter, and square Pluto. And so 
of note, we have Venus making the sextile to Neptune today. And uh, what is starting off our Venus transits here that are coming up. And so so we have the Venus sextile to Neptune, but Venus is also making tri- a trine to um, Saturn, um, which is happening technically on Friday morning, but like the Mercury transits, I'm going to lump these two together. So Venus... Once again, our relationship planet, you know, where we open up, how we attract in, how we uh, balance life and find harmony and, and move through it with such grace. Um, well, she is meeting up with Neptune, which we already said has that kind of spiritual quality that maybe confusion, maybe disillusion, you know, um, things a little bit foggy there. Uh, but it's sextile, so we're opening up the door there. There is there is a way to work with this energy, um, and we also have that trine to Saturn, and so the trine, same thing. You know that there's no obstacles; these things are flowing, and there are no boundaries here. Um, so, what is Venus flowing towards and attracting in? Well, she is looking to Saturn for structure uh, and commitment, and you know the long term and, and organizing things and taking responsibility uh, in life and kind of developing that in, that inner authority. And um, and we do have Saturn now retrograde, uh, so there is an internal quality to this as well. So when we put these two things together, it's, it's interesting to see that all the aspects that are going down this week involve planets that are in their own domains, like I was saying. So they're functioning seemingly well for their positions, because Venus in Taurus is super strong. So uh, you know, that really doesn't happen every day, um, which is exciting to see how these things manifest. So if you recall the conversation I had with Kelly Surtees a few episodes back, I believe it was episode 50, uh, where we had Venus was in a square position to Saturn um, and Pluto, which I'll talk about here shortly. Uh, she pointed out that we would hit this moment and where the prior tensions of the squares then began to fall. fall fold, maybe fold, you know, no boundaries there, but flow in a way that can help stabilize the friction we had the week of April 29th. Um, So now our gal Venus, uh, which is that principle of relating, beauty, and harmony, is lounging comfortably in her own sign of Taurus and is cooperating with the spiritual inspiration of Neptune and the practical earthly considerations of Saturn. And so we are more open to the long term and what we need to flow towards uh, in order to have greater stability and a stronger foundation in our lives. And whatever, you know, and that can mean anything for you. That's whatever's going to get that end result, um, you know, is is part of the package. Um, and now, particularly after Mercury tested our communications and our reasoning processes the day before, now we can open up in ways that we may not have been able to uh, actually open up to until this point because our mind has gone through a change. And so there's a strong level of attraction that is taking place at this time. And being a receptive energy, it is wise to listen and accept. For it could be leading us towards a road that is more sustainable for our personal pleasure um, and personal harmony uh, in the long run. So now the bottom line for Thursday is, is that I'm noticing that for a few days in a row, we have the moon aspecting, uh, the, the moon's aspects basically hit super early on in the morning or while we are sleeping, or at least here uh, in North America and specifically on the West Coast. So we may wake up with impressions that we sort through as the day goes on, um, as that emphasis of that energy then wanes and separates. So it's almost like we wake up in, in a mood or with something on our minds or, you know, 
having been influenced in some way. And so, of course, take note of your dreams uh, because, you know, while you sleep, they're maybe trying to help and and guide you at this time, especially with these Neptune transits and all this activity, uh, lunar activity while we sleep. And so on Thursday, we are still in the fires of Aries and feeling out the new beginnings that are to be before us and mustering up our sense of adventure as Mercury opposes Jupiter in the evening because that's when that aspect will perfect. And so uh, Luna Luna enters Taurus late in the evening and heads to conjunct Uranus, um, providing a night where our dreams may actually help to free up any stagnant energy that needs to go. So I'm looking at this week as just a very um, fruitful week in dreamland. All right, so Friday, we have the moon in Taurus, and of course, you'll make that conjunction to Uranus uh, super early on, probably while we're sleeping, uh, and then a sextile to Mars later in the day. And so we don't have any aspects perfecting on Friday, but the bottom line is that we, well, actually we do. We ha- we wake up with the Venus-Saturn trine perfecting that I spoke of earlier. So that does happen, um, you know, first thing on Friday morning. Um, but there we do have a feeling of a quieter energy going on with the Taurus moon. Um, and that energizing sextile to Mars later in the day actually will help us to get, you know, get through whatever work that needs to be done. Um, and, and especially if you hold the motto that slow and steady wins the race, that's what Friday is going to be like. So settle in and take a load off or we may just want to, you know, be ready to chill and have a quiet moment of downtime to kind of unwind from the week. And luckily our emotions are now humming along at a steady pace and we are able to do so. So Saturday, Moon is still in Taurus, and she will sextile Neptune, trine Saturn, conjunct Venus, and then trine Pluto. And so we don't have any aspects perfecting this day, uh, but the bottom line is that we have another laid-back day with the Moon in Taurus and with that midday conjunction to Venus. And so we are seeing the previous Venus transits I mentioned earlier get uh, you know lit up by the Moon. So if there are any duties on the plate, you know, tackle them early on on Saturday morning and just leave yourself some room to enjoy the Venus energy of the day. And this could be a great day to help stabilize and root down our relationships or any type of relating or one-on-ones there, uh, as we will be seeking greater security around our long-term considerations, while also being receptive to what is in need of change and really to other people in general. And so introspection is high at this time, so be sure to cultivate some stillness and look within this weekend, because I think that will be very fruitful. All right, so on Sunday. So Sunday, the moon is now in Gemini, and she doesn't make any exact aspects, but she is heading towards that new moon in Gemini that will happen while we sleep here in North America. It'll be about 3 a.m. here uh, Monday morning on the on the West Coast. And so uh, keep a lookout for my new moon article that I'll have uh, come out over at energeticprinciples.com. Um, that will come out a couple days before the new moon. And if you want that sent straight to your inbox, head on over to my website and uh, go down to the bottom of my front page and you'll see a place to put in your email address so that it sends right to you and you don't have to do or look for anything. Um, and I rarely ever send email, so trust me, your bo- inbox will not be inundated if you sign up. Um, all right, so we do have uh, Venus making a trine to Pluto, who's retrograde now, uh, and kind of finishing up our Venus transits for the week. So we already know Venus is tapping into that attraction principle and that relationship principle and that balance and harmony principle. 
possible. And we know that trines just, you know, things are flowing. You know, we've already trined. Venus has already trined with Saturn. <laughs> now she's going to trine with Pluto. Uh, and so Pluto, we're looking at, you know, changing things. We're looking at instinctual things coming up, some deeper emotions that we carry that need to be assessed, uh, what we'd like to transform and purify in a way. And literally, we have to go there in order to do so. And so a few days have passed, and now Venus finishes the, you know, that list of flowing aspects with this trine to Pluto. And so there is a strong healing energy at this time if we are willing to dive deep into our connections and make significant changes particularly in the way that relate to uh, the tangible world, because we're talking about earth signs here. So, you know, anything from the home, the money, work, work relationship, you know, all this type, these types of things, taking care of the body, you know, all that. And so these are not likely to be new issues, <laughs> especially, you know, because we did have the squares previously. So we are continuing a story here. But ones that we, you know, have been immersed in for some time now. And so now we have that portal of transformation that can help us attract in and rearrange our lives in ways that bring about greater integrity within our relational styles, while also honestly calling us towards what we need to bring back into a stable sense of internal harmony. Uh, so be willing to go there and let the energy of this time heal and morph you and your partnerships in ways you may not even thought have thought was possible, you know, because we are talking about planets in domicile here. So, all right. So the bottom line for Sunday is, is that energy continues to quiet. Um, and with Luna now in the intellectual space of Gemini, we may be entertaining ideas or potentials that are taking up residence in our minds. And this could be a day of contemplation and back and forth um, as there are messages buzzing in from uh, for us to basically emotionally chew over or like, you know, flip that coin back and forth. Yet, like I said earlier, as we approach the new moon, this is an introspective space. And with no exact moon aspects for the day, we can, you know, basically follow the breadcrumbs and see where it takes us. So gather information and then embrace what you learn in the process. So, all right. So to wrap the week up here, we are closing down this month's lunar cycle and Mercury and Venus both have more information to add to the table of introspection. Life moves along and we are on the verge of transition. So let this be a week of getting in touch with where you want to head next. All right, so let's take a look at the cards because they always seem to add a little something, something to what I'm talking about here. Uh, and this week I drew the Four of Cups as the focus and the High Priestess as the grounding. And so with the Four of Cups as the focus, we are likely reevaluating situations in our lives this week, particularly if you have been disappointed by something or someone recently, or are just feeling an overall disconnection or apathy in your current situation. And sometimes when this card shows up, you know, nothing may be overtly wrong, but we still feel a bit humdrum or a bit closed off from the world. So let this be a week where you reconnect with yourself in a meditative way that aids in contemplation contemplation to go deeper into the source of your feelings. So reconnect with your heart and emotions to help bring some life back in, while also creating the stillness and attention needed to foster clarity. 
Now, with the high priestess as the grounding, there's likely to be an unconscious material that is filtering up and asking that we look inside, for a higher power is trying to speak through us at this time. And these two cards really go hand in hand, with both signifying the need for an inner gaze so we may pull back the veil and be receptive to what is trying to come through. And so your inner voice definitely needs to be heated at this time. Not that racing mental energy of Gemini per se, you know, that monkey mind chatter, but that more that intuitive knowing that seeps in and just grabs a hold of you uh, in in this permeable, all-encompassing way. And so the light of wisdom is peering through the cracks this week, but only if we find the internal integrity to pay attention to our instinctual selves and the dream world. Now, last but certainly not least, this show is brought to you by this week's animal ambassador, the buffalo. So I always love when the buffalo shows up because it reminds us how good we actually have it. Even if we doubt our abundance or our ability to uh, attract in what it is we want— You know, this is a reminder not to get too complacent this week, which is easy to do when Venus is relaxing in Taurus. Um, But instead, you know, constantly find the gratitude in the seemingly mundane. Because the little things we take for granted are really what make life so rich. Uh, For as you know, you know, gratitude is the attitude of receiving. And if we focus on the perceived limitations that are in our lives, then we will not be helping the manifestation process of attracting in what we desire most. So say thanks to all that has done right for you in your world this week and really in your life, (laughs) for you'll be inviting more of that good stuff uh, your way. Now, if you'd like to go deeper with the energy of the week and how it'll interact with you personally, I encourage you to check out my tarot subscription on Patreon. So every week I create a custom spread that allows you to draw the cards um, that are aligned with, you know, the astrological placements of the week. And so we work on different themes to help kind of, you know, root down and hone in on the energy of the week. Um, And so last week we worked on the lines of communication and looking at our communication styles and such. And so this week, we are working on my highest potential because we want to know what that is in the manifestation process so that we are mastering ourselves in the way uh, that is best suited for our, you know, talents. So if you want to find out more about uh, my tarot subscription or to check out a freebie spread, you can go over to Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles. All right, now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome back a dear, dear friend of mine, the fabulous Miss... Who is is this woman? Uh, Mystery guest. (laughs) Rachel Michelle Fernandez. Oh my God. Three names. So pretentious. I know. (laughs) And I love having Rachel on the podcast because, well, A, her and I get along very well. So we have no problem just talking things out. Another reason why I'm so glad to have her back this week is actually because she has been putting her time and effort and creativity into this wonderful podcast she's creating called Psychic Rehab. Um, And if you have been a listener of the podcast, you've probably heard um, maybe the, the time she was on before and we did talk about this as you were working on it. But now you're going full speed. It's 
addressing the issue of mental health, um, and which is something that you yourself have battled with over time, right? Yay, 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 yay. So, so that's what we're going to talk about, you know, because it's a perfect thing for Gemini season is to bring up the issue of mental health uh, because you hear about it all in the news, right? They're like, every time we have a gun thing go off, it's yes. like the mental health issue. I mean, <laughs> they try to blame it on that. Yeah, they do. It is. It is an interesting. It's a little interesting twist, isn't it? Uh, because it is an issue. It's something that we need to address on different levels. But yeah, it's funny how those two seem to have been paired together. I was just thinking of that horrible joke that's like, guns don't kill people, bullets kill people. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> but it's like serious. I mean, you know, it's it's take away the 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 tools for oh my god for destruction. You know, take away the tools and you have less chance of, uh, you know, less suffering. Yes. I I know. Duh. 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 Hashtag (laughs) duh. And of course, this is not an anti-gun podcast. I mean, maybe in my own beliefs, perhaps, but (laughs) not today. But I thought we would just kind of. (laughs) Not today. Not today. Not today. Uh, (laughs) And I love, I will give the caveat because I think last time Rachel was on. Um, and why I love her so much and we get along is because we like to address things that may be a little taboo or controversial and we're just that type of energy, you know, like. We carry soapboxes around. <laughs> yes, there are some heavy soapboxes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and just, you know, with you being an Aquarius, because to give Rachel's big three here, we've got the Aquarius sun, a Leo rising, <laughs> and then a Gemini moon, Oof. which is perfect for our Gemini discussion here. Yes, <laughs> Oh, so the issue of mental health is, you know, is is before us in more ways than one. Namely, this week alone, we have Mercury making a square to uh, to Neptune and that opposition to Jupiter. And so Mercury, which is in line, because if we think about Mercury, Mercury is that mental faculty, that perception, that way that we use our minds in in. Uh, effectively or not so much at times. And so now Mercury is being caught up in basically this Jupiter and uh, Neptune square that's been going on all year. Um, So why not tap into that? So yada, yada, yada. Uh, (laughs) Yada, yada, yada. Yada, yada, yada. Rachel, tell us about your own, you know, within a summary here, but tell us about your own journey with mental health. Like, well, as you were talking about mercury, I suddenly thought of the word mercurial, mm-hmm. which let me read this definition to you. It's uh, subject to sudden, unpredictable changes of mood or mind. Oh. Uh, so, yes, I actually have been diagnosed with a mood disorder. Originally, uh, it was um, borderline personality disorders, what mm-hmm. they thought I had because I was like having panic attacks and sort of self-harming and not so much fun activities that were, you know, not healthy activities in, in any by any means. And then uh, and then as I kind of went through my my started going through my my healing journey, um, you know, they discovered that uh, I have this uh, bipolar two. Mm. Uh, so, um, you know, it, it, it's bipolar is like a really tricky diagnosis sometimes, as are most diagnoses, by the way. They're just guidelines. Like, there's definitely like a spectrum, um, which I think a lot of people aren't diagnosed with anything, but they could ex- experience mm. mood swings, right? And so, if you think about the swinging, I mean, I think when you're bipolar, the swing is just is further apart. And sometimes, you so you reach those furthest edges of of emotion and uh things can turn tragic pretty fast and uh 
you know, sometimes also there's this thing that they're just learning about called mixed states, which is kind of literally hell on earth. It's where you're, you're, you're manic. So you're all like up and energetic and like, well, yeah, only you're not stoked. You're depressed at the same time. Yes. So you're like, oh, you're like violently sad. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I'm no stranger to that. And it's, I, I've, I've, I've definitely like, you know, cried, ugly cried in the shower for long periods of time. And now that I have a very sweet dog, it, when I, she hears me crying, she kind of always comes over. She's very intuitive in that way. Um, so yeah, it's just been like a process really learning to manage the emotions because I'll be honest, I mean, I've burned bridges with friends. I've, um, I lost, you know, a long-term relationship, which wasn't totally my fault, but you know, it was definitely uh, a contributing factor. Um, and I've lost jobs and it's just, you know, it's rough to navigate these extreme emotions and sometimes they just come out when you least, you know, really want them to. Um, so it's been pretty interesting though. Like, uh, I decided, um, after the last job I lost, um, you know, which a lot of people got laid off from that company at the same time, but I was there for two years and I had really, you know, gotten into a bit of a routine. And when I lost that job, um, on the the night before my 40th birthday, by the way, yeah. I was fired from this this pretty heavy job, right? And uh, uh, talk about like signs from the world, yeah. right? And, uh, and, you know, I just, I had the opportunity to kind of navigate things in a different way. And I've been just going it kind of alone and, uh, you know, using some of my, my resources to, um, to forge a new path. And it's never easy. Um, but I figured, uh, I had an opportunity to start using my voice, which I always enjoy doing. Um, very mercurial function because that mercury disseminates information. So yes. Right. So I really enjoy, um, you know, that's a big part of my personality is, is studying sort of film and art and things like that. I was an, you know, an arts columnist for a year here in San Diego and, um, but I figured I had an opportunity to, to do this podcast and, um, I was kind of figuring out, I knew I wanted it to focus on mental health, but I was trying to figure out sort of the angle, you know, or the thesis of the project. And, um, it really comes down to the fact that, you know, I started looking around and realizing like, okay, not only do people with a, di- with a diagnosis need help navigating things or people who are like sort of easily, easily easily triggered, mm-hmm. you know, into extreme emotions. Not only can those folks really use a hand in in navigating stuff, but then kind of everyone can. I just feel like there's sort of like, you know, a lot of craziness just in the world. Girl, there's a heaviness yeah. to the earth right now, as, you know, we often discuss, you and I, Mel. Um, well, and that's why I love yeah. what you're doing, because the topic of mental health just in general, and maybe why it gets kind of slung at issues like the the gun problem right. is because we don't even know how to talk about it or how to pr- bring it into the public. And so right. like the, the moments that seem the right time to do that are get side, um, you know, attached to these other issues right. in, in many ways. Well, and it happens, you know, women, I feel like it called crazy way more than Hysteria. men. Or hysterical, right? Um, and uh, I'm actually, my next podcast episode, I interview a really interesting author, uh, this woman named uh, Kayla Janice. She wrote this incredible book called House of Psychotic Women. That's like a catalog of women in horror. But then she also recounts uh, her own story of, of, you know, kind of struggling with abuse growing up and just her own mental health stuff and how her relationship with with horror really kind of, you know, helped her navigate her own, her own life and her own brain, you know. Um, so I remember that book kind of having a big impact on me. I feel really lucky I got to interview her too, mm-hmm. you know, um, for this. But but I like that idea that like, 
you know, for, for many people, healing is meditation and, you know, maybe yoga or like long walks and breathing and all that stuff. And I think all those things are really helpful and important. And so is like blasting heavy metal or like watching a wrestling <laughs> match or, 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 you know, watching horror films or, or something as simple as, you know, volunteering to like canvas for a political campaign. So you feel like you have a sense of agency, you know, um, so yeah, I think in general my uh, my goal has been to to bring the conversation of mental health to like the everyday for everybody. You know, like how can we think about the things that are happening in our in our brains and in our behaviors that may not be effective or um maybe contributing to the problem rather than helping, yes, helping right? Yeah. So so it's exciting. Like I'm it's it's been a process. I mean, it's been really emotional because I'm putting so much of my own story, story into there, it. Yeah. So it's almost like every time I do an episode, I just either want to. I feel like I want to like get drunk afterwards, or just like you know, just go, just jump in the ocean. They're or like auditory and, purges, essentially. Yeah, that is yeah, out, which yeah. is very. Uh, it's also very Gemini. And <laughs> if we think about well, because Gemini, like, and that why I'm tying it into Gemini season is because Gemini is essentially deferred to Mercury, and Mercury is that mind function, that reasoning function, that uh, two sides of the coin where we're going back and forth between two issues. Yes. And uh, Gemini energy in general, along with Virgo, uh, Sagittarius, and also Pisces, are mutable energies. So much like you were talking about, the extremes are kind of going from one pole to the other. That tends to lie in these mutable energies because they do uh, have a foot in either world. Right. Um, so they can vacillate from one side to the other. And why it's actually, you know, and I'm not going to say that this is a, a blanket statement for all people by all any means, but some of the people that have dealt with some of the issues that you are describing here, and even my own mother um, had some similar things in a breakdown. And she has a Gemini moon as well. Right. Because the moon, you know, the moon is that emotional or behavioral motivator. Mm. I like to call it the behavior motivator. And so if if our emotional self uh, in the Gemini moon is deferring to Mercury, we're putting our emotions and we're pairing that with the mental process. Mm. And so depending on what your emotional state feels like or how well you're able to tap into it, because that's the thing too, when we're looking at uh, emotional states that go and defer to uh, more mental states, you know, we have to be A, in touch with our emotions in a way that it's, like you were just saying, is it helping or is it hurting? Yeah. You know, which way is this going? And right. so when there is those emotional energy, because I found what was fascinating about your story that you were just telling right now, we're talking about mental health, but the thing that you kept saying is how I'm feeling, how my emotions are, you know, where the emotions are taking. And so that's interesting too. I mean, Rachel, what do you think about that with the idea that we're talking about mental health, which is more the monkey mind in comparison and contrasting Right. But the emotions are a huge part of it as well. Well, I mean, it really kind of all relates because um, uh, if you actually were to even look at the, the human brain, right, you have the, the prefrontal cortex, which is where our executive functioning comes in. So mm -hmm. I think when you're thinking of like the mind, you know, it's easy to think, again, with these two extremes, like either like monkey mind where you're just like, or lizard brain where you're like fight or flight and animal, like you're like survival or the executive function, you know, like, let's make sense of everything. Um, well, in between, sandwich in there is these, is these um, you know, is the part of your brain that's your emotions. And they literally look like curls, like curly cue spirals, like or sparks, mm. or like, it kind of looks like the part of the brain that's like more like a storm, you know? Mm. And um, something that I think is really fascinating is, um, is, is uh, sometimes I'll see these memes uh, online that say like, your feelings aren't facts, you know, you don't have to believe them. 
And actually, it's the opposite of that. Your thoughts are not facts. Your thoughts can just take you in the most like random places based on your emotions, but your emotions are facts. So if you actually validate yourself and say like, God, I'm just really angry right now. And then bring it back from there into your body and say, what am I feeling? And then how can I, you know, improve the moment? How can I do some long exhales, uh, Mm. which they've they've shown to actually slow your heart rate and start minimizing the cortisol, uh, you know, spikes that happen when you're triggered or when Mm -hmm. you're emotional. So really, it's like you're all these things are really tied together. And, 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 you know, I'm I tend to be like a bit more pragmatic these days and and sometimes skeptical, even though we're such good friends, sometimes skeptical of astrology or or sort of like kind of more spiritual side things. But then I'll remember, like one of my favorite spiritual components is this idea of alignment. And I think it makes sense with when, you know, planets align, these energies sort of snapping into place and like with the chakras. Right. Think about sitting up straight, like actually, but not like forcing it, but balancing your body to a place where it's very healthy and where optimal sort of stance. That's literally aligning your chakras with where they are Mm. in the body. So sometimes I do that when I'm stressed or something, I'll stop and I'll think of the red root chakra. And then I'll go with that rainbow up my spine Mm. to the top of my head and it's so great because it's like when you actually think of yourself as a vertical like that, that's what makes us human beings. I mean, we're not on all fours. We mm. are straight up and down in that way. And it's, um, I think it's really good when you start to think holistically about your own mind and your body and your how your emotions are really just kind of like in a part of your spine. It's kind of like your emotions in a way are sort of what link your spine to your to your brain to your prefrontal cortex to like they're they're your indicators right mm-hmm. so which is why you know emotional pain feels so real i yeah. mean it feels just as real as when you you know prick your finger or burn yourself or something because it's a response to your stimuli it's a response to your memories you know mm. um if you experience something really traumatic as a young kid um, things that you may not even be really aware of will will get you feeling a certain way. Yeah. You know, like sometimes I was talking about this with my therapist the other day, and I and I love when you have these kind of aha moments while mm-hmm. you're in therapy. It's one of my favorite things, and and I feel like you get that with probably like when you're you know, doing the work that you do. Oh, also, absolutely. Things click, and you're like, yeah. aha. Um, but. I tend to, I'll snap and get road rage. I get really like frustrated and upset when someone cuts me off or when I try to go over a lane and then someone speeds up and doesn't let me in. I just like take it really personally. And my therapist was like, that's called hypervigilance. That's called you. It's like an attachment issue. It's like you feeling like you weren't seen or heard when you were a kid, like you were neglected or you just weren't made to feel like you mattered or what you felt mattered that carries over into things like road rage because you're like, how dare they cut me off? I'm here. I deserve to be here. I deserve the respect of my presence being understood, right? Yeah. So it's so fascinating to me when you really realize that these things are all really linked and it can get overwhelming and it can get like, whoa, like how am I supposed to like fix years of- Of all like Of like all this crap that happened to me that was totally out of my control. And then also work on myself now and, you know, and, and try to aim for something in the future, you know, and that's where that kind of presence, come, present moment comes mm. back into play. Because, you you know, it's so easy to spiral 
you know, like like a VCR. I think of us as, as all like walking around being like old school, like VHS tapes, you know, shoved in there. And it's like so easy to like go backwards and <laughs> try to live back there or and fast forward. But it's like, you want to play the movie, yes. you know? And what about that tracking? You know, yes. we got to we got to unfuzz that up. Yeah, and, and you know when you rewind too much or you fast forward too much, that's when the tracking gets off. That's, that's when, when things get fuzzy. Fucked. That's right. So you need that taut balance between those poles that we're talking about. Yeah. Between the, the the maybe that's the Gemini thing, right? The twins, right? Yes. So so you need that tension between the past and your future to really, but you have to stretch into it and feel that mm. presence and be like, this may feel uncomfortable sometimes. I don't know where I'm going and I can't control where I've been because I was already there. Yeah. All I can do is just sort of like swim around in whatever this is right now. Well, and I love that you bring that up because <laughs> one, of the, one of the things that I'll, I'll tend to refer to um, with, with, especially with Gemini moon energy, actually, is one of the things that will get the moon a little riled up is the, con- it, it, the concept, is not a concept, <laughs> is, is the thing of uncertainty. It's kind of a concept. It can be. It can be conceptual. It's very Gemini that I'm like, concept, the concept <laughs> of, of uncertainty. Because if Mer- Mercury is all about that reasoning process and looking at two sides and looking at the facts, right? Mm. If there are no facts in to look over, if there is uncertainty, then that can like run, you know, the brain a little rampant and we can get riled up in that. But I also love what you said of, (laughs) I love how you said, you know, we have to be, what separates us as humans is the fact that we're upright. Mm -hmm. And I mean, how many people, including myself, sit every day slunched over at a desk? And like, we're literally like evolving back into this, like, you know? Yeah. Well, even sitting, I I mean, I need to do more research on this, but a friend who's a yogi was telling me that the sitting process is actually kind of puts you in fight or flight. Like, it's like you're, you should, you kind of really in life should be like walking around or like laying down. (laughs) Like, it's weird. And the sitting is important for reflection and whatnot, but it's supposed to be done kind of sparingly. Like we're really supposed to either be like moving or resting, oh. like resting, resting, like, yeah. you know, in a really like comfortable reclining position, you know, or, or like even, or moving our bodies. Like that's why yoga is so great when you're mm-hmm. getting back to the ground, you know? Um, so yeah, the slouching, the sitting for too long, the staring, you know, into this electronic box and our, or our little boxes and our phones. It's just, um, yeah, it's intense, man. Like we got to like, you got to get back on your feet and walk <laughs> around, you know, or unless you're disabled. I'm sorry. And you can't walk then. Yes. Then you have to sit, but there, there's, you can still have that, that yes. chakra alignment, right? Oh God. Some of the that. people yeah. that I've known. I don't mean to have, disparage sitting no, too much. No, but yeah. honestly, some of the people that I've known that have been in those positions or yeah. have, um, you know, uh, been one of the most inspiring people I have met is a quadriplegic that is so active. Like, like honestly, no, yeah. that doesn't stop. It's it's about the body being in motion to some extent, which right. is also a very Gemini thing because Mercury is always in motion. That's why it goes back and forth uh, between you know, yeah. like it is a it literally is a body in motion, right? Um, but uh, oh god, I had a I had a point where I was going with somewhere somewhere with that. Oh, you're talking about <laughs> being upright. Speeding up, I'll have to come back to it, but it was, it'll probably pop in. Um, the uncertainty. The un, the uncertainty. You're uncertain. Well, now I'm uncertain. Oh, no. It's oh, contagious. No. What is it? Well, it's so funny that, like, something will, <laughs> is in one minute and you never, you know, you ever do that? Like, it's in one minute and then it's gone the next. Oh, yeah. My grandmother is 97 and sometimes she'll just be like, 
I forgot something. And like, oh, it's my age. And I go, grandma, I forget stuff all the time. Like we all do. I mean, it's like, and that, that kind of brings me back to just this idea of like, for, you know, just being present and allowing yourself to just be. Sometimes you're not, you aren't, you are going to lose track of thoughts or not everything. Oh, see, now it's jogging your memory. Not everything's going to be linear too. It's, I think as humans, in fact, the episode that I worked on finishing today that's coming out later this week is about, um, telling stories as a way to kind of fill in the gaps. And so so often uh, what we do is we overly simplify things because we want to like just give it a label, you know? Mm-hmm. It, be, it becomes like a mental shorthand for making things tidier, mm-hmm. um, you know, putting labels on people. So, so actually like listening to the full story and really listening to the nuances of someone's story and for figuring out what makes them unique um, and it, it kind of helps you recognize that in yourself. And it really creates like a much more colorful, like beautiful world. Now I need to go back and write that in. That was good. That was good. See, when I'm talking to you, it flows so much better. When I'm by myself, I'm like, oh, uh, yeah. Well, and that's a very un- unfunny thing about Gemini too, because she, when Rachel arrived at my house and she just did all this work and she had her own struggles earlier in the day with it, she's like, I just need to collaborate. Like I need the other. And that speaks to the Gemini and the twins, right? You know, a lot of people say we look like sisters too. So right. it's the one thing you bounce back and forth off mm. each other. And so Gemini will bounce back and forth off of itself. That, that's a real thing. Ping pong. But, but there's something to be said <laughs> about this back and forth. But the, re- the two things. Okay. Okay. So I Bring remember I remembered what it was that I forgot. But I will say before I tell you what it is I remembered I forgot. <laughs> the a, a fun trick when that happens to you. I it won't it doesn't apply to this moment cuz I'm sitting in the same place and I have not gone anywhere. But if you find that happens to you when you have a thought and then you move into another room and it goes away, go back into the room you are in because there's there's theories that show that when we cross a threshold like a doorway, yeah that there is some sort of entering that happens there. And so we, mm. and I can't even tell you how many times I have gone into another part of the house, forget where I'm going. I come back to where I was and I instantly remember. Well, also there's visu- visu- visual cues too, where you don't realize our subconscious, like, uh, you know, they call them like mnemonic devices when you're consciously doing it, when you're studying, you know, like you'll come up with the rhyme or like some some way of remembering. But I think that we do that too when in our surroundings, like we'll be like, you know, you might be looking at this painting yes. and while you're thinking that thought. So when you see, See the painting, it drags your mind back to what that thought was. So yeah, that's a great piece of advice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So the point that I have forgotten, <laughs> remembered, and now you are remembering again. Yeah. <laughs> well, because you were talking about, um, you know, sitting in front of the computer or being on the phone and all that. Draining. And so, isn't it somewhat ironic and part of where our overall mental health is going, just all the social media, all the advertising, all the agenda, all the connection. We're supposed to be closer. We're supposed to be more connected. Yeah. But I feel further apart from, you know, I feel way further apart from people than I did maybe 10 and especially 20 years ago before any of this even existed. And so, I mean, do you think that has a factor in like where our mental faculties are going? Huge, huge. (laughs) And it's, you know, okay, this is, this is, I'm glad you brought this up because I was actually just trying to explain this the other day and, and I think I arrived at something with it, right? Um, okay, so so when I mentioned earlier your executive function, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's, it's, that's the part that kind of helps like you, you be reasonable and navigate things, but it can also go into overdrive. And that's sort of the thing that is tries too hard to make sense of things mm-hmm. sometimes. And it goes into like, you know, coming, filling in all these gaps and coming up with stories for everything. Um, 
And uh, I think that, you know, in a way, it's like that's what where we're at with technology. It's like our technology is almost on overdrive. And I think the reason why podcasts are so popular all of a sudden is just this notion of listening. You're not having to stare at anything. You know, you're not having, you're not really being bombarded. You can really just kind of let everything relax and really just, you know, listen. And it's really nice to hear the human voice. Like, think about it. People don't really call each other anymore. Everyone texts all the time. Right. Right. Um, No one writes letters, which is another really therapeutic thing is to actually write in pen, right? With your hand, that hand-eye coordination, right? Um, So I think a lot has been shifting and we, it's just like how with, when we're paying attention to our mental health, we need to bring it back into that balance, Mm -hmm. right? Um, In the kind of therapy I'm sort of most well-versed and that's really helped me a lot, it's called dialectical behavioral therapy, which Mm -hmm. is again, with this Gemini thing, I think it's good. You know, and it means being able to recognize that two truths that are opposing can can cohabitate, can can both be true. Oh, I like that. Right, Mm -hmm. which I love. It happens to me all the time. I'm like, I'm so uncomfortable with this because this is true and this is true and they seem completely opposing. They seem like they seem like they are out at, at odds with each other. Yeah. But just the acceptance, they call it, one of the tools they call it radical acceptance where you're just like that is true and that is true and that's very distressing to me. Um you know it's like being angry with someone and and seeing their point. Like even if they're they're totally disagreeing with you, mm-hmm. you can say that's valid where you're coming from, even though it really bothers me yeah. that you think that or something, you know? Yeah. Um, and then there's this other tool where it's called wise mind. And this is where the mindfulness comes in. And this is just like one of my favorite words, mindfulness, mindful, right? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you th- it's kind of it, ironic because you think your mind is being filled with everything. But in a way, it's almost like your mind is full of the present moment. It's mm-hmm. not like full of chatter or stories or you're letting, you know, the observation side of your brain really get in there and balance out the analytical, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so so what wise mind means, it's almost like concentric circles. You have your emotion mind, which is just where you're feeling everything. You're feeling empathy. You know, you 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 feel sadness, loss, all these things that are really human and natural to feel. And then you have your 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 um, sort of like intellectual mind, your your reasonable mind, and that's where you're like putting your ducks in a row and making plans and paying attention to time and meeting you know meeting people for for something or or, or just figuring out you know your agenda right or or when you see something um, telling that story to to have it make sense. Well, to keep everything balanced. You know, when you're too in emotion mind, it's volatile. It's all over the place. When you're too in reasonable mind, you can come off as really cold. You can hurt people's feelings. You can reason yourself into doing horrible things. Yeah, just like atrocities, right? That's what part of what happens when people go to war. Your countries go to war. They've reasoned themselves into going, but they're not weighing out the emotional cost. So wise mind is that concentric circle. It's that Mm. middle ground where you're, you're the balancing of the scales or you're like right in there. And, and it's almost like, I imagine like when you put your hands uh, in a prayer mode into your heart, yeah, like right? At your chest, the yeah. namaste. What you can actually feel like in your chest when your hands are like that, you're, that feeling of balance. If you meditate on that, sometimes it can be so soothing. And even touching your chest like that, they've shown to um, soothe like a hand on a baby, you know, it just soothes you. It makes you feel good. So so think about your heart and think about that balance, that wise mind, that in-between. And that's where we really should all uh, try to be yeah. <laughs> at all times. Because it's the most fair. It's the most fair thing to do. You're you're weighing out what's happening um, that may seem opposing to the other thing. And you're you're blending the truth of the two to reckon with uh, with the reality, which is that's in-between. 
Yeah. That's right? and so we're, we kind of come back to this in-between space <laughs> yeah. that we were just talking yeah. about. And like, it's uncomfortable well, yeah. for people. Well, and it's and come, come back to our mercurial function mm-hmm. um, and the idea that Mercury as a god in general was the only god that was able to go between um, the the world of the living and the world of the dead. Oh. So it is going between these two places. Totally. It's the only, uh, you know, a kind of planetary faculty that can navigate this in-between realm. And that's yes. essentially that we're trying to find this this balance within. Right. Yeah. And, and back to the idea of how he's comparing it with our technology. Mm-hmm. It's just, I think that the technology, when it goes into overdrive, really throws us out of balance, throws us mm-hmm. out of wise mind. First of all, uh, a lot of times on social media, people are heavily curating their realities. I think this gets spoken about a lot that, you know, you're seeing like, oh, this person just had a baby and they got married. And then they, you know, like, then they went on a, an amazing vacation and you're seeing all the, or this person's in amazing physical shape. And you're not seeing them like, you know, crying in the bathroom at work or you're not, you know, because yeah. no one's talking about that. Not the well, reality. <laughs> yeah. Or, or when you actually see people in person, when you're around them, it's so much easier to observe their actual emotions. Whereas like if you're just seeing all these pictures of someone portraying, you know, who they are, how they are, how things are going. And then and then you're just getting text messages or you're not getting messages back. That's another thing that's like so hard. Like if you're messaging someone uh, like I, I, this person will go nameless, but I've like offered to hang out with somebody a couple times. And they're like, oh, I'm really busy. And then I'll just see them on social media, like having all these social activities. And I'm like, it hurts my feelings. You're like, wait, I kept asking if you wanted to do something and you said you're busy with like work or something or you're busy doing X, Y, Z. And then I see you like, you know, woo, like yeah, out with all these friends. It's like, oh, well, am I not cool enough or something? You know, it's weird. And I'm sure there's other reasons, but it's like so easy to read into everything. Well, like, and that's social media, you know? And that's exactly where yeah. we're going with this because how you how you felt in that moment's valid. And the only reason that you're going to feel that way is because you have this outside tool that is making it uh, a part of your awareness. Right. Because if that didn't exist, you would have, you would, you know, as they say, um, uh, uh, Ignorance is bliss, I guess you can say. Sure. Like not knowing that that sure. was even going on. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, it causes more introspection, right? Um, but, but it also causes us to make judgments in the moment of, like, why that's taking place or why that person wouldn't set— Oh, you, I was meaning know. if you unplugged away from it, it would mm. be, it causes more— in, in, the, the ignorance is bliss is more is more introspection. You have to focus a little more on yourself yes. if you're not paying attention to what everyone else is doing all the time. I guess, right? yes, and absolutely. <laughs> and I try to subscribe to that as much as I can, but I yeah. guess what I was going— going with was the um uh the mental process that you go that I'm just using you and your example as an example and, and the dog's getting excited right I know it's getting all stirred up do you want to pause it really fast we're gonna pause real quick okay. because we have someone coming in the door after these messages we'll be right back Ooh, harmony all right, and we are back. We're back. <laughs> we're back. All right, so to pick up where we left off here, um, what I was going to ask Rachel in that particular, in this scenario that you were painting with the friend and seeing them. Now, when we see these things online and we go through this process, really we're doing this process internally. And so we just get to see this evidence come in, this information, mm. you know, which is also a very mercurial thing. So that we just have this information, but then our mind gets to twist it around and play with it in whatever way it sees fit, <laughs> right? Play is a kind word for, for it, it yes. yes. And so... And because of that detachment, because that's it's so funny that we are so connected, but we're so detached. And through that detachment, we then are left with our own uh, perception of what it is that we see. And that is going to be part of the mental process. So, mm. I mean, 
what do we do? How do we how, how do we use that effectively or be conscious of that when we're perusing, you know, whatever it is online? I'm glad you asked that question. It comes back again to there's my favorite word again, word again mindfulness, mm-hmm. right? So if you mindfully use uh, this these device this these devices, but also these platforms, these these applications as as tools, right? Um, you know, sometimes I like to just sort of check in and see there's someone I haven't seen in a while, you know, or what's this person doing? I'll look, uh, look it up. Or, you know, one of my good friends, that's really how we stay in touch. She's always traveling. I have other friends that live in Mexico that are just really, they don't, you don't call and text because it's too hard. So they do more of these apps kind of help them stay in touch with mm-hmm. people. So there's a lot of ways in which, you know, it, it helps me stay in touch with people all the way on the East coast. Um, some friends who have moved or have always lived abroad, um, so you know, there's a lot of like usefulness to these yeah. these connect these this connectivity, right? But that's how you have to use it as a connectivity. Like, check in, send a message, try and ha- create a conversation, and then leave it alone. You know, check it. Like, it just maybe you want to see how someone's doing. Maybe glance at what they're putting out there. But then, if you know, if you see something that's interesting to you, follow follow up and 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 ask them about it, and actually try to have like a real conversation. Try to have even like a phone call or a FaceTime where you're actually like can look at someone's facial expressions or better yet, if you live in the same city, like try and see them in person or arrange a visit if they live far away, right? Um, or maybe even start writing letters again, do drawings, do like um, exquisite corpses or something. Like, we need to just get more- <laughs> pen pals. Yeah, we just need to get more creative, I think, with um, the ways in which we we have more of a tangible kind of analog way of connecting. And we use the we use the technology to kind of help us uh, get there, right? Yeah. It's well, like, a, like a vessel for, for, for communication and so I wonder if it's kind of making it a little bit easier because you brought up a great point that, and, and you know, anybody that like joined Facebook maybe like 10 years ago, like one of the things was like, oh my God, I can talk to people from high school or I'm reconnected with these people that I'm so far away from. And for that reason, this is fantastic. Oh yeah. However, we have commandeered it to also be a part of our local reality. And so, you know, we have the ability to, you know, connect with people that are close to us literally like down the street, but we still are uh, communicating in a way that is just as distant as the long distant or, you know, connections that we're putting out there. Um, Oh, definitely. I have a great example. I mean, I, I, uh, I cohabitate, you know, my living situation. I have a studio apartment, but it's attached to, to a larger house and, Mm -hmm. uh, and my, my, kind of on and off again partner lives in the front house. Uh, you know, we've kind of gravitated towards being more friends now, but like I'll notice him like looking at all my Instagram stories, but then not asking me any questions about what's going on. And I'll just be like, what? it's so weird that he's like sort of silently observing my life via a phone when he literally lives like right there, yeah. you know? And it's like, that's the thing too, is I think people often feel like uh, they have a different persona online and they, they have a, they're either bolder about, you know, talking trash or they're, they're creepers. They're just like, you know, they, they're shy and they're just using it to kind of observe everyone, but it's kind of keeping them maybe in a place where they're not taking risks and actually going out and really experiencing life and trying to connect in mm-hmm. real life, you know? Um, so it's interesting that it brings out all these different things in people. But again, it's like, we need to use it just to, to, to stay in touch as that device and not be on it too much. I think limiting the time you're on, um, you know, question, like being mindful means like when you pick up the phone to check it, you might ask yourself, do I really need to check this right now? Um, maybe I can put my phone away for a while and like, or just, you know, 
it's hard because these apps are always sending us notifications and stuff. So that's another thing you no, can do. I turn off my notifications. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm like, going to turn off me. for everything. I still have it on Instagram and it's binging me all the time. And that's the other thing. When you do something creative, it can be a great way to promote yourself and get it out there, right? And here we go with the dialectics. Both are true. And it can be super nerve wracking because you're like, why didn't that many people like this post? Yeah. Why aren't people like, you know, you can see the numbers on your, on your, you know, subscribers and people leaving comments and you're like, oh, but I have like over a thousand friends on Instagram. Why aren't people like liking this thing that I've worked so hard to do? But then they're liking, you know, a video of a, of an orphan mouse because, you know, it's, it's, things are complicated, you know, and it's, it's, um, it can put you in a compromised space unless you are actively just, Again, just try to take things in stride and 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 try to like disengage when you can for real and be uh, put your feet on the ground to stand upright and yes, get out that fucking door. I love door, the stand right? upright. Yeah, get out, yeah. get out of there. Uh, I'm totally gonna use that. And actually, one one of the reasons I even stand upright when I'm consciously aware to is because of her grandma, her 97 year old grandma, who taught <laughs> yeah. me how to stand up. Like she is the best. She's you know almost a centurion. I think that's how you say it. Yeah, and uh, centenarian. She, centenarian. She has the best posture of anybody that I know. <laughs> she sticks her boobs out. She's, she's yes, she's, she's she loud and holds proud. on that core. She yeah. holds on that core. Anyways, I'm, I'm diverting here, but I love um, it. But I think that's a why bringing up such things as social media and the technology and all that as we bring up the idea of mental health is that this is very much in uh, like infiltrated with our mental process and how our life process. Mm. And so these things that are seemingly just, you know, integrated in our lives and are just part of our way of living now is partially contributing to some of the, maybe the, the fuel, um, of the, that the mind can attach to, uh, depending on what your personal makeup is, you know, cause everybody's mind's different. Mm. And, and, you know, uh, I like how Anahalana said a couple of weeks ago, she wanted to reclaim and bring back the word crazy. She's like, I don't think we need, you know, embrace yes. your crazy. Yeah. Embrace your crazy. Because yeah, just like sure. our, our minds, uh, just like our own unique crazy, uh, our unique minds all work in their own way too. Mm-hmm. And so de- actually even deeming what the health, <laughs> you know, when we talk about mental health, what is mental health, Rachel? Who's mentally healthy? What- I mean, I think health again is, you know, comes out back to this word of not only balance, but like balancing balance, <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> realizing that, you know, balance can be overwhelming too. You're like, I have to stay in balance. I have to stay peaceful. And like, you know, really that means that, you know, being thrown off balance, how can you kind of quickly sort of return to some sort of center? Like mm. everyone's going to experience pain. It's inevitable, you know, um, pain, suffering, sickness, um, vulnerability, weakness. Um, we're not just like born and then just like charging it, you know, all the time. It, we're, we're constantly this ebb and flow of of rest, of of, of healing, of, of forgiveness, of of maybe behaving incorrectly or 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 acting out in a way that you're just trying to get through something and explore it. I think that, you know, mental health to me, when I feel the most healthy mentally, it well, A, it usually is, I feel healthy physically too. It is mm-hmm. tied together, getting good sleep, eating, you know, nutritious food at, on, at regular intervals and all the things that we need to do to care for ourselves, right? Um, uh I think when we're in balance with that or or at least attempting that, really trying to stick to something that's really working for us in that way, um, in combination with just 
following your mind, listening, being the active listener to your own mind as well as to others. Yes. You know, because it's Be your huge. own observer. Because <laughs> yeah, we're often talking, oh, we need to all listen better. We need to listen better. But that includes us. You know, I, I think so often, you know, when you catch yourself sort of maybe saying something you didn't mean in a fight or something, it's because you're not really like listening to your thoughts first and really kind of being critical of them. They, they're taking over. It's that executive mm-hmm. function that's like, I'm in charge now, you know? And you're like, no. Let's get back in our bodies. Let's get back to the earth. Let's figure out where we are, you know? And that's another tool. That's another mindfulness tool yes. is noticing things. Like you can make a, make a set a goal for yourself number-wise. Sometimes say, people say notice five things. Some people say notice 10. Usually even just noticing three or four. It's when you stop and actually just look through your own eyes at the world actually around you, you'll find that this you've maybe been trapped in, a, in an illusion, in a bubble, like a TV inside your mind where you're projecting out what you think is happening or what should happen or what you wish would happen or, or, or some other reality because you're stuck in your mind and just too in your mind. So when you actually just notice actual things around you, it, again, it can snap you back into being the active listener in your own mind. So what, I love that answer. And it's hard though. It's like, well, you know, where my mind went right as you were saying that and to pull it back to our, you know, technology and information age that we are now upon. And and that's just, that's going to be it. You know, like we are going down this road for, and seemingly not turning back. But what we were talking about before we even uh, started recording here, um, and when I was telling you about uh, my dear uh, ast- astrological friend Simone Butler talking about um, the Earth and you know Mother Earth having a soul herself and how we are disconnected from our planet, and I'm noticing uh, the you know the gap is getting wider and wider and wider as we stare at these screens, mm-hmm. as we uh, let our mental processes just dive into this more, you know, everything we were just talking about here. And so we're so far away from connecting with our surroundings and our own, uh, you know, mother and mother nature. And like, even what you were just saying as a recommendation for it was to stop and to breathe and connect and to like get into this present moment yes. and like connect with- Feel the earth underneath Feel the you. earth, yes. Like and they say grounding and like, mm. uh, and it really is important. Like we don't say that, we don't say this for our health, but we do. <laughs> You know, like it is very important. You know, these things may sound cheesy to go outside to like put your feet on the earth, but no, we are from this place. This is part of who we are. And the more that we, I think there's going to be a bigger disparage between, uh, you know, the mind-body connection when with these exact things that we're talking about here. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, the more that we learn about uh, ourselves too, like health even, right, actual just physical health, when you are out in the dirt and like gardening or like where even your feet touching the earth, right? Um, you're absorbing nutrients in your body. You're getting um, probiotics. Everyone's, that's the buzzword. Everyone's trying to buy <laughs> probiotics all the time. But it's there. It's in the soil too, right? And so that actually, your gut health, they're finding actually influences your mental health. That gut health is tied to depression and to all these different things. Um, you know, people are getting weird diseases like Crohn's disease and stuff a lot of times because they grew up in an overly sterile environment and they mm. weren't exposed to the good ba- the good bacterias, right? And so, again, back with this sort of balance thing, it's like you can't, you know, we, we, we try too hard to control everything. Mm-hmm. And I think um, in that resistance comes 
more stress, more sickness. Um, it becomes more detachment, too much in the brain, too much on the technology, too much trying to like organize things to the point of, of you know, we exhaust ourselves yeah. versus like when you do get back to the earth and you actually connect to the physical presence, um, that's when you your blood, blood pressure usually goes down. That's when um, your breathing can get regulated again. That's when um, you know your physical health response, not just your mental health. It's yeah. it's all really tied all together. So it's really important that um, you know. Again, we can use these things as tools. You, as tools, you can ground yourself. You can be really in the present moment. Be grateful. Um, you know, be observing yourself, be an active listener. And then when you engage in, in, in these tools, like we're doing right now, you're using a computer to record this awesome conversation. Um, this is the tool, right? And when we use our smartphones to play podcasts, like this one or my <laughs> podcast, shameless plugs, <laughs> psychic rehab. Um, again, I mean, it's calling attention to how can we use these devices as tools? And, um, you know, how can we learn some things from each other via, via you know, di- distant places mm-hmm. and then go be out in the world and process that, you know? Um, yeah. And, and this actually reminds me of uh, one of my favorite things about you, Mel, is your love of music. And I remember when I was in New York and I was feeling really stressed out. I would, you know, come back to visit here and I'd hang out with you. And sometimes you would just give me like these awesome playlists of music onto my, my iPod. And a couple of times, like you would, you would give me a bunch of albums and I'd be like, yes. And I would go hiking or exploring the earth, listening to these great, you know, tracks, these old, and you could hear the fuzz. And the yeah, records, the records. And these, <laughs> you know, even though it's, I'm listening electronically through this electronic tool, I'm listening to this kind of soulful music while I'm, you know, literally have my bare feet in the sand on the beach walking around. And it's like that, those are the experiences where we should, where there's that wise mind where we're like really taking these tools that are so wonderful and ways of like archiving things and giving us access to all this knowledge at our fingertips. We're using that and then we're going out in the world and we're like seeing people, we're doing good in the world, we're, we're volunteering, we're, we're working, we're, we're, we're trying to make a difference, we're staying connected to each other in real life um, and, and we're not, you know, losing our heads and uh, yeah. disconnecting from our bodies yeah. and each other. Yeah. It's connection. It's, it, it is. Mindful connection. Mindful connection. Okay. Um. And <laughs> speaking of connection, because connection is huge. I mean, there's so many studies that have come out now that it's like if there's one thing that the human being craves in the world uh, that is going to give a healthy existence, it's that connection mm-hmm. to other people. Um, and, and so that's super important. Now, okay, so one of the things I wanted to bring up, because you brought this to my attention recently— um, and especially, and it kind of relates to mental health, but I mean, in the, in the a way that sometimes in the climate that we are living in right now, our mental health is becoming challenged more so than it has mm-hmm. been uh, versed on, which is a very Gemini Sagittarius balance here in the upcoming uh, Jupiter Neptune square that's happening for the astro people out there. But we are like, teamed between um, our communication with other people and our belief systems. And so we're finding this great divide that's happening, especially here in America, but I'm sure it's happening in other uh, other places in the world too. So we find ourselves in um, 
um, combatants with other people based on our own ideas or the way our minds work and our beliefs associated with that. In fact, the last time Rachel was on my podcast, I got a one-star review because she said something that pissed someone else off. And that wasn't Rachel. Rachel's just speaking her truth. But something about that got that person riled up. And now I just think that's kind of funny. Um, <laughs> but so what I want you to explain was is the call in versus call out. Oh yes, yes. She's yeah, like, yeah. she's like, where are you going with this? I see yeah. her face had this puzzled look. Uh, so when we're getting to a heated battle, or someone says something that is triggering us mentally, you know, I'll let you take it from there. Yeah, no, it's um, I I just learned this term recently, and uh, and I was able to talk about it a bit in my last episode. Um, and I, I wish I just learned it right before I was like kind of finishing the episode. Otherwise, I think I would have. Um, dove in deeper and I'm still learning about it. But yeah, this this notion of what they call calling in versus calling out, right? When you're calling someone out, um, I'll, I'll give a great example of calling someone out. I, and I think it's important sometimes. It really is. I remember I was on the street in New York City and I saw a, a man hitting a woman in the street and pulling her hair. And at first, when I first glanced, I thought they were like, roughhousing. Like sometimes people just are goofy and roughhousing. And then I saw her face and she was terrified. And I I didn't even think I stopped. And I pointed and I said, Hey, that man is hitting that woman because there's people walking down the street. And I think if everyone turned and looked at him, then he might stop. And he did. And she jumped into a cab and sort of got away. And he was furious. And I was scared. I was like, is he going to come at me now? My boyfriend was scared. He's like, oh, God, what'd she get us into? Too. <laughs> but I knew. It was just like in my core, I yeah. was like, I got to call that guy out. Okay. So it, there's an important reason why we have that vigilance because it's important. It's, it's, it can be it can be life-saving, right? I don't, I'm not saying, oh, I, might, I saved this woman's life. I don't know. I don't know. You don't I know. I, mean, I don't know. And, and, and I like to think that I, that I helped her. And, and she, she kind of looked at me, and I think I did. Um, but calling in, I think, it, for, for situations that are way more nuanced or not, you know, threatening to us, um, it's, it's a way of just um, sort of inviting someone to stay in the conversation while maybe pointing out some, a way in which they're kind of offending you or maybe offending other people or saying something that maybe is out of step. Uh, with the current situation. Like, um, you know, there's a lot of people talking about white privilege. And um, it can be really hard to hear when you're, you know, a white person because you're like, okay, um, I, I don't want to be lumped in with all, you know, white people that might be racist or something. Well, you know, there's a difference I found out between, you know, being anti-racist and being just like non-racist, which sounds weird. It's semantics, right? But when you're anti-racist, you're like actively... Um, challenging things. You're standing up to other people rather than, uh, and risking your own uh, being comfortable, right? Versus like, uh, and that's a way of challenging your own privilege because it's a privilege to be able to just ignore it, right? To be like, oh, well, I don't want to offend anyone, so I'm not going to say anything. Um, That being said, I think, you know, we are in a time where people are getting really touchy because they're not having civilized conversations. People are just going straight to that emotion mind, right? There's where that wise mind and that mindfulness can come back. And that's why I like this calling in. So, like, if someone is saying, you know, something that might be offensive, like, even even just inviting to have the conversation. Like, I was just doing some research on the Chicano movement and on La Raza. I didn't realize La, La Raza is a, is, a, is a widely used term now for Mexican-Americans because— 
um, you know, the term like Hispanic was kind of like, um, as Cheech Marin from Cheech and Chong said, it's like some some dildo in the in a in a bureaucratic office decided that that was like a good term, term for everybody yeah. who is like of Spanish descent, yeah. which is really privileging the colonizer, yeah, right, right? The Spaniard <laughs> versus the indigenous folks, yes. right? So La Raza is like more mindful of that, um, and so a good way, you know, when you start exploring sort of your own position, sort of of privilege, because we all have it, no matter if you're you know black, brown, white, etc. Um, we all have. I think if you're if you're eating and you have abilities, physical abilities, you're you're more privileged possibly than someone who's disabled, right? Um, or, but then also that person might have had like an incredible upbringing and be so secure in themselves. So they had like wonderful parenting. And even though they're physical, like quadriplegic, like you said, your friend, that person has that privilege of like a, of a strong um, attachment base, right? They are privileged in that. So I think when you kind of like are really grateful and you're positive about your privilege and you really just like say, okay, this is something that I, I have that can be a tool, right? And then you use it to try to level the playing field or like at least get on the same, uh, same uh, plane as someone else. And like sometimes that means being uncomfortable and maybe not calling out someone, but calling them in and saying, hey, why don't we have this conversation about this? I know it's going to be difficult and it may not end well, right? But you're just like willing to kind of go there. Yeah. It can be really challenging, you know? Um, I know that like with my family, even it's like, I, I disagree vehemently with a, a lot of their views. And every time I talk to them, I try to sort of like gently find a way of having a conversation. And that's really all we can do is we can try to like massage it until hopefully someone loosens. Or if the dominant, you know, the dominant, voice is really, you know, kind of infringing too much on other people's rights, there's going to be a reaction, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to realize that, and that's where that calling out can kind of be like, all right, I'm done calling you in. You're not taking the invitation. I'm going to call you out because that's not cool what you're doing and that needs to stop. We had, the door was open. You (laughs) chose not to walk through it. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. You know, and there's that relationship again, though, right? Between sort of protecting yourself and protecting the people you love or protecting the people that you believe maybe are having an injustice done to them. Um, You know, there's that. And then there's also like um, um, trying to weigh that out with like how, how big is that threat and what's the most effective course of action? Because yeah. with injustice, it's very easy to go straight to like, oh, I'm going to tell that person off. Like, they're going to get a piece of my mind. And it's important to keep that balance and say, is that really going to work? You know, how can I come at somebody to actually like institute real change? And sometimes you may need to like, you know, really react with a lot more force uh, to, to maybe save a life or something. But usually, um, you know, in situations of lesser conflict, there's ways to be much more peaceful about resolving conflict. Yeah. So yeah, and it's it's not easy. It's it's hard when you're pitted against someone who doesn't believe the same thing as you. And but like you said, you know, like and what we've been saying about Gemini season in general, and not everybody that's having these conversations are Gemini's or anything like this. Right. But it's just the very concept of you know there being um, multiple truths essentially. Oh yeah, um, and, definitely. And what what that what that looks like, but it it can definitely. Between all the triggers that we've talked about thus far, you know, adding that on top of it on into the world, you know, it's it's becoming quite inundating to where why we need something like your podcast to come forward because, <laughs> you know, it's not just your typical people like yourself that have been diagnosed with this, you know, exact thing. No, this is infiltrating everybody and everybody's mind. And we have a bipolar thing. society. Exactly. We have a wildly... We have, like, a maniac in the White House. Okay, I should probably not go there. I might offend someone. (laughs) 
Okay, I, I just assume if don't review to my podcast. No, okay, I'm <laughs> sorry if I offended someone there. I, in my opinion, I think we have some very unreasonable, very erratic emotional leadership going yeah. on. We also and have I, a Gemini conjunct uh, Sun conjunct Uranus in the White House. So wow. he's a Gemini okay. Sun with a Sagittarius Moon. What we're talking about wow. is. It, yes. Well, and especially our upcoming full moon in Sagittarius yes. is going to be highlighting him um, exactly. So just FYI, people in the world, people in the U.S., we're going to see yeah. activity mid-June 17th. Anyways, but part of, the reason, well, part of the reason that this, pers- you know, this person was even— uh, uh, and I, I always feel like I'm talking about like Voldemort from Harry Potter, like, don't say his name. Um, but, you know, it's like the reason why we have this leadership is because, I think, is because things got so— It's a reflection it, of us. It's so—we're so divided. Like, yeah. it's so, like, you know— and it's really hard to have those conversations when when it's that the opposition is that intense, you know, and and sometimes that's when you know societies reach a breaking point, you know, yes. and, the, and it usually comes back to not just you know horizontal this and that, like this this dialectic, like you said, there's multiple sort of things going on, right? You get the 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 vertical too, right? So you you get like. Um, the wealth right now, the wealth has gotten so concentrated at yes. the top. Mm-hmm. And if you look at history, you know, whenever civilizations get too top heavy and the base, the, 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 the workers, hold the it all world, up. workers of the world, you yeah. know, right. But when they're not, you know, when workers, when it can't earn like a decent living or people are just, you know, are starving and the resources are spread too thin amongst this, this, platform that we we all live upon this platform of working people yeah when that respect isn't there and the resources aren't there civilizations topple they do and it creates way more way more conflict so so that's another almost bipolar thing right we have to bring it back to the middle we have to enable people to have social mobility and also honor people who are just like you just down there in the dirt, really fucking getting dirty and getting things done uh, for the betterment of society. You know, there's got to be like a, a real kind of solidarity there. Yeah. Um, and that's a centeredness again. Coming back to that center, girl. That center, you're that absolutely center. right. Because, you know, when we swing to these poles of extremes, I love, I, my mind is just imagining the super top heavy and the people at the bottom are trying to hold it up and they're like, but we haven't been fed in weeks and, you know, we're, <laughs> and I have nowhere to sleep. And, and it, it's just, it's going, you know, that's extreme, of course. But no, but look, at, look at the French Revolution, right? We have uh, one of the most famous quotes in the French Revolution is Marie Antoinette saying, let them eat cake. She's so out of touch. She's so surrounded by luxury. That when the masses are screaming like for bread and so like, well, just let them eat cake. So insane, right? That, yeah. state, that statement. But that's because they were at the breaking point because there was people that were sort of at the top and in charge and living this kind of ridiculously indulgent life. And they were they were not um, there was such an imbalance that that the people were like revolting and so you know? revolting and the, here's not revolting <laughs> yeah they revolted they revolted yeah. um, they were revolting they're revolting people. those Disgusting. people are revolting they don't even eat cake those revolutionaries <laughs> just revolting but okay so it, it may be one of my last points to I kind love of a good pun <laughs> I know they used to call me the Punisher because uh, that's how good my my pun my name was even a pun well you know me I'm a punny gal oh yeah so punny. <laughs> Anyways, so maybe this might be my last point to kind of tie it together and might be one of the mental, um, you know, things that are coming up here. And like, and like those people enjoying the luxury and not seeing what's going on, essentially. And this could be a Gemini thing, too, because Gemini, not every, all those Geminis, but a lot of Gemini energy has a hard time listening. 
And so Wait, what? listening. <laughs> yes, I know, right? Huh? She's like, what? Did you say? <laughs> yes. What did you say? Um, but exactly. Right. Because they're not listening. The top's not listening. They're not, they don't care about your woes. Everything's working. This is working out for me. I don't know what your problem is. Um, yeah, you know. just go eat some cake. Why not? Right? And go. the same thing when Get we're Get a talk- Twinkie from the, from the 7-Eleven. Yeah. <laughs> And the same thing about calling in. In order to call in, we have to be active listeners. We have to be active participants and willing to listen to what the other person says. Because sometimes what the other person is saying uh, and what might be driving us crazy about like that outside opposition is it might seem extreme where they're coming from. But if we like root down into why they even feel like that way, there's layers upon layers of why they're like assigning the blame or assigning the thing. And, 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 Really, there's this listening component because we need to listen to them. We hear we hear the thing we don't want to see. We hear the extreme part, but we need to keep listening and ferreting out the breadcrumbs and the pieces of that because the real meat of the matter is further in. And if we're not listening, we're never going to get to the crux of the problem to begin with. Mm-hmm. And so it's just like a lot mm-hmm. of people yelling with their hands over their ears. That's totally. like that's what the image that I see, and that doesn't that doesn't work well for me. <laughs> yeah. Wow, yeah. Well, I was thinking of Pete yeah. Harriman kind of. You know, exactly. know you are. What am I? Exactly. <laughs> and so, where is the state of our mental health going to go when we live in these types of conditions? Um, I, I just walked this. I just walked by a little kids' dance class the other day, and the parents kind of sit outside and like watch their kids. And there was like one parent that was like really watching, and she was laughing and just so full of smiles, just watching her child and everyone else was on their phone and they all had grimaces. And I was like, mm-hmm. And I make a point of trying every day if I can, I got to get out and go for like a decently long walk. And that's what my grandmother does too. They go on these walks and when you're out there and you're just like experiencing and you're like, oh, you know, and that's part of why I went on this road trip too. Last summer, I was like, hey, I get out of here. And and there's so and or why go hang out in Mexico too? Because there's all this myth. There's all this myth making about oh it's so dangerous. So you know if you're only going to believe what people say about what's going on or or experiencing things secondhand, experiencing things secondhand mm-hmm. through your computer or through through gossip or something like that, you're not living. You're not experiencing. You're not listening, as you said, and you yeah. can't get to that root of what's really going on. You got and and that even includes you know making these generalizations. Yes, this one percent. That's the, there's some real disconnect. Do you try to just topple the whole thing for the sake of teaching them a lesson or taking away what they have? Or do you kind of try to find the people that might be sort of like-minded that might be up there that could be like the ones that are agents of change, the allies. That's the word, bing, 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 right? And that's, you hear that a lot, like these allies. So, you know, it's kind of bringing you back to, it's not a zero-sum game, right? You can be an effective ally and maybe give up some of your wealth, some of your privilege, give it up, right? Because that's part of giving back, you know? That's why it's called giving back. You can't just hoard it all and keep it all because that makes you a greedy bastard, you know? Um, So that calling in, again, is like that invitation. Like, hey, don't you want to come over here and join the party? Like, got to pay a couple bucks to enter, but it's worth worth it. Yeah. Oh, and I, well, and I love that you bring up, like, I love that I can just see the woman just watching her kid dance and just being filled with joy because yes. she's taking in the presence of that moment. Because listening is listening, yes, but in an auditory way. Yeah. But yeah, your eyes, your senses. your senses, everything. Essentially, if you are in a receptive state and you mm. are taking in the experience, whatever that might be, you are listening. Definitely. And so I, I think that part of our... 
part of the mental health issue comes back to to listening, not only to what's outside of us, but to ourselves. Like the whole thing that we started this conversation on when you were talking yeah. about the validity of emotions and listening to them. Well, and that's the, that's the difference between, you know, just like taking in information, listening, like surface level listening or watching or whatever, and active listening, right? Yeah. When you're actively listening, then you're not just listening to the stimuli. You're also listening to your own interpretations of it. Yeah. You're being your own like your own sort of mediator to your own experiences. And then, and that's what enables you to really listen more richly and deeply to others too, because you're honoring the own complexity of yourself. You're not trying to reduce it. Like it's so easy to, like if I, sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll lose my temper and then I immediately tell the story, I'm an angry person. Mm-hmm. Am I an angry person or did I just have a moment of anger and, and maybe I didn't handle my emotions in, in the most graceful way? So how can I learn from that and, and, and take away the sting a bit of the shame and say, okay, well, this is a learning process and, and next time I'm really going to do better to try, you know? But it's much more like, it's. would you ever tell a kid who maybe got mad at another kid, what's wrong with you? You're an angry kid. Throw him away. Lock him, you know, throw him in jail. Lock, <laughs> lock up the cell forever. You know, it's like we need to have these dialogues that are that are forgiving, that are redemptive, uh, uh, that, that, again, bring us back to this centeredness where we can really kind of move through the world in a way that's not going to fuck everyone else over. Am I allowed to curse? Yeah. Not <laughs> bleep me yes. out. Bleep. Uh, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. No, I know. So it's empowering, though. I mean, it's it can be overwhelming, but that's when you kind of just, those. That's again, it always comes back to the give and take because in the in the the act of listening cuz you'll active when you're actively listening you'll hear your own body say it's time to rest it's time to quiet down it's time to unplug um and and when you pay attention to that that enables you to kind of reemerge socially or or you know with a partner or whatever to really be there more presently right so finding those those give and takes finding ways to forgive yourself not be wrapped up in in stories of shame or stories of of, of sadness, of grief, like let yourself feel the grief, let yourself feel the sadness, let yourself feel the anger and, and create space so that you can really process that and not have to like act out of it all the time and make it worse. Yeah. Right. Which is, so that, that's essentially what yeah. we're talking about and in that mental tornado that can go around. And that's the health. That's the health is, is, is not every day is going to be great. It's, it's, it's accepting that you're going to suffer. It's accepting that, um, you know, you're, 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 you're going to have ups and downs and gives gives and takes and all of those things that yin yang that we we're mentioning mm-hmm. um really like just weighing out the importance uh, of each moment and doing it with joy bringing joy into it though and saying you know how can i how can i observe the ins and outs the breath you know just just saying like looking at the trees even when you stop and really look at them you can almost see them breathing and now it sounds like i'm on mushrooms or something but you know Really, you you can you can see this sort of vasculating to nature. There's a vascular quality to nature, yes. and that's in us. We are nature, you know. And these things around us, these these again, this technology, these tools, all this overwhelm. What's happening to the planet? If we let ourselves get fully overwhelmed by it, then we're not actually going to take action. And yeah, exactly. know, And that's that's what we need is the action. Yeah. So uh, yes. Amen. So we need the inaction and the quiet and the contemplativeness to take the kind of action we need to heal heal ourselves and heal the world. Yes. Perfect. All right. Well, I, you know, I think you're doing a great job over at your podcast. And it's not just because I contributed a little music. No. Her, <laughs> like, where she's going with this and the stories that she's sharing and highlighting, not of, only of your own journey, but other people's journeys. 
I think it's super important and it's a fabulous contribution to the to the planet, especially at this point in time. So I highly recommend it. So Rachel, where can they find you? Give what's the URLs? And uh, stuff. So it's called Psychic Rehab. Um, if you want to follow me on Instagram, it's uh, Psychic Rehab Pod. Uh, if you want to find just the podcast itself, um, you can go to strawhutmedia.com, like a like a little straw hut in a village. I always say it takes a village because we're like a little village making these making these productions. Um, so strawhutmedia.com, again, Psychic Rehab, or you can get us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, um, wherever you get your podcasts. There's, I know there's lots of outlets. iHeartRadio, Google Play. There's like a million ways. So many. But if you go to strawhutmedia.com, we've got some really cool other podcasts too. Um, and, and it's a pretty diverse lineup over there. And then when you go to my page at the bottom, you can see all the links to the different players. So you can kind of choose your, whichever, or you Where can play it right up. there from that website too. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. So go check it out. Uh, I really enjoyed the episodes and I'm, I'm, I'm going to leave it at that, but <laughs> I, I'm very impressed with how this is all Aww. turning out and she's sharing content that is important to hear, not only for the what it's trying to convey, but also the personal stories that get wrapped up in it to remind us that we're not alone. Um, and that's important. So now if you didn't catch any of that or you like to defer to my particular page, because I always have these you know quick links to get over to uh, my guest content, you can find me over at energeticprinciples.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Facebook at Energetic Principles. But use it mindfully. But use it. <laughs> yes, use it. Don't. Yes. <laughs> um, don't get sucked in. Don't get sucked in. Come say hi and then let it down. Um, <laughs> and then if you would like to support the podcast, you can either do so on Patreon at patreon.com backslash energetic principles with monthly subscriptions, or you can do a one-time donation over at my tip jar uh, at energeticprinciples.com. And if you think someone needs to hear this, which I think they do, because a lot of us are struggling with this, this mental uh, you know, component that we're talking about here. You know, share it with a friend. Send it to someone who might need to hear this today. Uh, and if you would like to have this podcast seen further, leave a nice review. <laughs> I guess any review counts, but, uh, but you know, I'm a sensitive cancer. And so, uh, <laughs> as my grandma says, if you have nothing nice to say, don't say it at all. Uh, <laughs> Although they say if you're not provoking uh, some some some. Uh, uh, reaction, you know, if you're not provoking some, some negative action, you're not, you're not really, um, you're not taking risks. So it's, that's right. it's okay to have a little bit that's of that, right. a little bit of grumpiness. Sometimes it means that you're ruffling feathers. Yes. And I, you know, as a Uranus, uh, having Uranus conjunct my ascendant, trying my sun, sextile my moon, exactly all, all occasions. I meant to ruffle feathers. Yes. And I yes. forget that from time to time. Anyways, enough about me. Um, <laughs> all right, Rachel, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast and for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend. Ah, uh, don't, we will sing it if we go all the way. Oh, no, 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 <laughs> We're not going to do it. That's just, just, you know, a little golden girls reference. Next time, never, next time. Never hurt anybody. Yes. All right. And thank you for listening and being a friend as well. I am so uh, grateful to have your ears aboard uh, this ship. <laughs> this auditory uh, ship. This auditory ship. All right, everyone. We'll have a fabulous week. Uh, and as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.